Welcome and good evening my weary travellers. I'm your host Mr Ramsey and tonight we have something rather special. It's your true scary deep wood encounters and stories that a couple of you have been kind enough to share with me and in turn allowed me to share with you guys. Thank you to those of you who got in touch or sent an email in my time away. Even if I didn't reply, it didn't go unmissed, so thank you. Anyway, without further ado, let's begin. Number 1 So, for reference, I am a female and at this point in the story I was around 20 years old. Because of my crippling anxiety and depression, the only time I felt safe to go outside and clear my head was late at night. It kept me sane, so yes I know it's stupid, but it was something I needed. It was around 11pm, this particular night was the same as any. I wore all black and kept one headphone in whilst listening to music on low volume. I made my way through the streets until I got to the entrance of the valley which I always took on my evening walks. As I walked through, I pulled my hood up. Now as boring as this is, I need to briefly explain the route I was taking. Bear with me. As you walk down the path from the entrance, it's downhill. About a minute down, there's a small circle clearing. Around there is a covered, very muddy, lesser-known shortcut down a very steep hill. As you carry on down the path route, there's some steps leading to the bottom of the hill. When you get to the bottom, you take a sharp left and it leads you to a pond with a small deck that happens to be underneath the small clearing I mentioned before. You can see people up there, but they usually can't see you unless you stand in a certain spot. As you carry on further, you go through a path covered by trees and come out at a large clearing with a few open fields, and a path leading through it. If you carried on for a short while, there's an intersection of paths. To your left is a small hill, and if you take the left path at the intersection, it leads you past some tennis courts, round a corner, up a hill to an entrance that leads back onto the streets. Back to the story, I quickly made my way to the pond and stood there, listening to music and watching the night sky. Suddenly, there's a bright light, coming from above me. Looking up, I could see two flashlights seemingly scouting around. I paused my music as my paranoia took over and I had a sinking feeling. After a second or so, I hear a male voice say, She can't have gone far, and in something indistinguishable. Sound travels far in the valley, and even the slightest noise is amplified, so it wasn't hard for me to hear them. Then I hear another male voice say, She's got bright fucking hair, how hard can she be to find? Now, I happen to have bright rainbow hair at this point in time. I also happen to be the only person in that area that I've seen with bright hair. I stood frozen for a second, until I saw the flashlight started to slowly make their way down the steep hill shortcut. Fuck. Fight or flight kicked in. I half crouched and tried as quietly and as quickly as possible to make my way to the path covered by trees. Panic setting in as I looked back to see that they were about to emerge at the pond. I took my chance and sprinted towards the shaded path, not stopping. I emerged into the clearing, frantically looking for somewhere to run or hide. I decided to sprint my way home, praying that the men didn't see or hear me. For some unknown reason, completely ignoring a hedged off section to my left that dog walkers used. But your brain does strange things on adrenaline. But then I saw a flashlight far ahead of me, about a minute to the right of the intersection. 
I thought about running over to ask for help, but as I ran I noticed that they were pacing on the same stretch of path while searching around with their torch. Now, I knew this could be a dog walker, but my paranoia and my anxiety were in overdrive. The way they were moving was strange, so I decided not to chance it, fearing that they might be with the other two men. I looked back to see the flashlights about to emerge from the shadowed path, and they seemed to be moving in a way that they must have been running. I came to the hill and practically dived towards it. I positioned myself so that I was sure neither the lone man nor the other two couldn't see me, and practically sank into the muddy hill and willed myself to be part of the mountain. Heart pumping and trying to quieten my heavy breathing, after what felt like forever and a second at the same time, I heard running on the gravel path and saw the lights from the men's flashlights to my left. They stopped right behind me. Oh, shit. Did they see me? I was sure I hid myself well enough. I held my breath. One of the men behind me said, Do you see her? Where did she go? Surprisingly, another voice, belonging to a third man, to my right said, No, but I heard her, I'm sure. Oh no. What the fuck do I do? I prayed that they didn't take the left path at the intersection, or they would definitely see me as they came to the same level as me. We'll go down that way, and you have a look down there. She can't have gone far. My brain was in a shamble. Where are they going to look? Can I get away? I looked around. Nowhere. If I tried to move in direction, one of them would almost definitely see me. Nowhere to go, nothing to do but wait. Keeping my eyes trained to the right of me, I waited, pressing myself into the hill as much as I could. Why do they want me? Am I being paranoid? Suddenly I could see the light from a torch, slowly getting closer. Dread washed over me. From the sound of the footfalls, it seemed like one man. The light got closer and closer. It stopped just short of in line with me. It was so dark I could only see a pair of big army type boots, like the ones I have. He seemed to search in the bushes and trees to his right. Then he moved the torch slowly towards the field past me. I was too scared to move. I was dreading what would happen if he found me, praying he couldn't see me. Then, by the graces of God, he turned to walk into a small muddy path into the trees to the right. I waited until I could barely see his light before bolting up and rattle running my way back to the tennis courts. As I rounded the corner, I started sprinting up the hill. I didn't look back. I just carried on until I came out of the valley and ran through the dead street until I got to a dark general. That would lead me to my street. I slowed down to a fast walk and nervously looked to see if they had followed, but I couldn't see or hear anything. Stupidly, I called my boyfriend, who lives across the ocean in Ireland, like he could do anything, explaining to him, albeit not very well, what happened. He tried to calm me down, tried to rationalise the whole thing, but he couldn't. He asked me if I'd call the police, but I didn't want to. I know, stupid, because my mum hated me going for night walks as it was. There's no way she'd let me carry on, but it was the only thing keeping me sane. After I got home, I had a massive panic attack. Thinking about it afterwards, the two men must have seen my bright hair before I entered the valley and pulled my hood up. Also, why was the third man stationed there? Was it set up? Had the two men been on the phone to the third man, who was alone whilst they were searching for me? Maybe they had seen me go on my daily nightly walks before. I had been many times. 
I never went for a night walk into somewhere secluded again. They definitely could have done anything to me without anyone hearing, and if they did, nobody would be able to tell where it was coming from. I always kept my keys in my fist, acting like some sort of knuckle duster, at all times from then on. Thankfully, my anxiety is much better now, after years of battling with it since early high school. So my need for night walks alone has almost vanished. But be careful out there, folks. Number 2 This happened when I was a camp counsellor and canoe instructor at a kid's camp in central Ontario, Canada in the late 80s. A couple of things to know about me. I'm a very experienced outdoorsman, and I don't scare easily. Even at the time that this story took place, although I was only 17, I'd already spent many nights alone in the wilderness. I know what sounds the woods make and what animals do what. What we experienced was none of the above. Our camp was on an island in a very big lake with many rivers coming in and out of several portages to other lakes. While planning a three-day trip for my campers, I asked about one campsite near a dam and was told by the trip director that the site was closed. The reason is that two summers prior, a group from the only other camp on the lake went there and tragically, they lost a camper. A boy of about 11 drowned at the top of the dam where the counsellors weren't watching. Tragic. Nonetheless, I wanted to take my group there and was told I could as long as we didn't let the kids swim near the dam. It was a done deal. We arrived at the site on the last day of our trip. It had been very stormy for two days, but the weather had settled and there was no wind, although the sky was completely overcast. There were a few strange things that happened during that day, such as a towel and a t-shirt disappearing from a clothesline near the tent site, then somehow ended up in the water at the top of the dam several metres away, even with no wind. Twice I had to swim down to retrieve the items. I admit it, it crossed my mind while I was at the bottom that this may well have been where the boy's body ended up. I've had many ghost experiences and I've learnt that I'm just sensitive to them, although at that time I kept things pretty turned off. Nonetheless, there was a creepy feeling growing around us, and I don't think I was the only one who felt it, but no one said anything. At dusk, we were gathered around a campfire. It was not yet fully dark and we were washing up and tidying the campsite before settling in front of the fire to pass the rest of the evening. Our group consisted of two 17-year-old counsellors and eight 12-year-old boys. We were laughing and horsing around about when we first... We were laughing and horsing about when we first heard it. The sound stopped everyone in their tracks. Have you ever heard a big tree fall in the forest? It does indeed make a sound, a really loud one. They make popping and cracking sounds, so loud that at first you don't know if it's gunshots or something else. That's what we heard. The evening was completely still with not even a breeze, but somewhere nearby, I would have guessed within 50 feet of our site, a big ass tree fell. It took about 10 seconds and we heard every part of it, right until it hit the ground. When a big tree falls, you can feel the earth shake and shudder. I have logged trees before, and this one sounded close. But apart from the sound, we saw and felt nothing else. Everyone was terrified. My buddy was so jonesing for a cigarette that he was useless, and he had the same look in his face as the kids. I decided to try to be cool about it, and told everyone that it was likely a bear pushing over dead trees looking for grubs. That was a stone-faced lie. 
and there are about 10 good reasons why this was a ridiculous hypothesis. Including the fact that bears don't do that. But I needed something to appease everyone, and that popped out. I went with it, and they believed me. Let's build up the fire and make some noise. It will scare him away, I said. So we did. We sang, we banged pots and pans, and after 45 minutes, everyone was chilled out. It was also now pitch black on starless, moonlit night. Then it happened again. However, this time it sounded much farther away, perhaps a quarter mile. Everyone looked at me for reassurance, and I said, See, we're good. It's moving off. We were still mightily unsettled, but somewhat reassured that it did seem to go farther away, which is what you want bad things to do. We all relaxed, and the evening wore on until about half an hour later, when it happened again. This time, the sound was so close to where I was standing that I felt like a tree was going to fall on top of us. It was right beside me. I swear but I saw nothing. I mean loud, it was a big tree. Every pop and crack pierced our ears and made us jump. I fully expected it to fall right on top of us, but nothing happened. We heard it, but we saw nothing, and again there was no ground shudder when the tree hit, which seemed impossible to me. Everyone stood and frozen in terror, looking for me to give the call to run for your life, and looking like they might just kill me if I didn't. My own fear finally took over, and I couldn't hold it together anymore. Okay, I said. Well, let's get out of here. In a flash, everyone was gone down a short path leading to the boats, including the other counsellor. I had meant let's pack up and do this orderly, but no such luck. One kid had stayed beside me, so with his help I put out the fire and did a quick sweep of the place. We then went down to the water's edge to find the one canoe that had left for us. We paddled out into the channel and found the others rafted up and waiting. The first question I asked was, Who has a life jacket on? No one did. Not one person. Not even another counsellor. What the fuck? I was already unsure if I was going to keep my job for paddling at night, but the idea of paddling across a big lake at night without life jackets was a guaranteed end of summer for both of us, never mind the obvious peril. Looking at the faces of everyone with the one flashlight that had managed to make it into the boat, I realised there was no way anyone but me was going back there. Fuck. I had one camper in my canoe, so he climbed into another boat and I paddled back alone. They were so terrified that they wouldn't even give me the flashlight. Once I hit the woods, it was a kind of dark that is the same with your eyes open or closed. I stared up at the short trail to where the tents were. I fully admit that I was terrified, but I knew I had to do it, and that was it. I remember talking out loud as I wandered towards the site. Okay, whatever you are, I guess if you're going to get me, you're going to get me. But I need these life jackets, and I need to keep these kids safe. In retrospect, I knew what or who was doing all this, and maybe I was pleading my case a bit, hoping for mercy. I also kind of felt a bit of responsibility and talked to him in the way I would of one of my campers. Perhaps that made a difference. My plan was to find my way to my tent, as I knew I'd left my flashlight sitting in front of it before the lights went out. Without that, I'd never find the life jackets or the path back down to the water. However, this proved to be unnecessary. I'm not sure if this is a coincidence, but somehow, in the complete darkness, right after I said that, 
I took one or two steps and found all the life jackets piled together right at my feet. I am an organised trip leader, and I like a clean campsite. However, I recall that we were having a lazy day and things were a bit disheveled. I hadn't put all the life jackets in a pile that I recall. Further, I was with a group of typical messy and lazy boys and an equally lazy co-counsellor, and I'm sure none of them did it. Nonetheless, somehow, in absolute pitch darkness, I mean hands out in front of your face, shuffling your feet rather than lift them. The very first thing I found was the pile of life jackets. Counting the life jackets as I picked them up, I found every last one, and then turned around, and was back at my boat a minute later. That still amazes me. We paddled back across the lake at night, and made it to the main camp. Everyone made fun of us, although no one had an explanation. They said we were lying and wouldn't let it go. I can't blame them, to be honest. It was terrifying, because we were all at the beginning of a summer in which everyone would repeatedly be going out into the woods. I went on to become a field instructor and trip guide. I've done epic trips since that others only dream of, but I've never experienced anything like that, before or since, and I've experienced everything out there except the Sasquatch. I've asked every old salt, park ranger, and aboriginal Canadian I've met about the experience. The only people who aren't completely stumped by it are the aboriginals, First Nations Canadians. Their answer is simple. That was an angry spirit. You're lucky you were respectful to it. The last detail to add is that we went back the next day to retrieve the gear that we had left behind, but we found no evidence of fallen trees. We didn't really want to linger there, as you might imagine, but I was pissed and wanted an explanation. So I made everyone wait while I walked the woods in the daylight. There was not one tree down. Absolutely nothing to indicate that there was even a single tree had fallen the night before within several hundred yards of us. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed, and again thank you to those of you who took the time to submit their stories. And as always, on screen are a couple of other videos I would recommend personally, if you enjoyed this one. And be sure to subscribe if you did enjoy. I'll see you on the next one. Thank you.